0: In a suburb north of chicago a fourth of july parade transformed into a nightmare monday as of tuesday afternoon seven people have died and dozens more are injured after a shooter opened fire on independence day parade goers from a rooftop in highland park 25 miles north of the loop
1: our community was terrorized by an act of violence that has shaken us to our core on a day that we came together to celebrate community and freedom, we're instead mourning the
2: loss, the tragic loss of life, and struggling with the terror that was brought upon us. We all went into panic mode, we all got down at the beginning, and then as
0: soon as I guess he, because I kind of heard like maybe 10 to 20 shots, and then I started getting really panicky and really like nervous. I
2: started running and we ran behind the building and I put my, my son in a dumpster, and um, he sit there with his dog, And uh, I went back to look for the rest of my family. I left him with someone there so that I can go back to get my phone and find the rest of my family.
0: That was Highland Park Mayor Nancy Rotering and people who saw the shooting unfold with their own eyes. Here's what other political leaders had to say. There are no words for the kind of evil that shows up at a public celebration of freedom, hides on a roof and shoots innocent people with an assault rifle.
1: And let me tell you that the last time I heard... A weapon with that capacity, firing that rapidly on the 4th of July, was Iraq. It was not the United States of America.
2: Each day we're reminded there's nothing guaranteed about our democracy, nothing guaranteed about our way of life. We have to fight for it, defend it, and earn it by voting.
0: That was Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, U.S. Senator Tammy Duckworth, and President Biden. WBEZ reporter Sarah Karp and Chicago Sun-Times Washington Bureau Chief Lynn Sweet break it down for us. For those who are unfamiliar, Lynn, can you tell us about Highland Park? What kind of community is it?
1: It's, one, it's physically beautiful. It hugs the shore of Lake Michigan. It's about 25 or 30 miles north of downtown Chicago, and it is uh it's seen as upscale but there is more income diversity than you may suspect here uh it is the home to the Ravinia music festival it is the home of uh just uh, it it is it is a very uh big but close-knit suburban community and it's right on the metro rail line so it makes it also a very easy commute to downtown and the railroad played a role in its growth but people who may not really quite know of Highland Park may not realize that it is the home of Ravinia which so many people have heard of
0: yeah take us back to the events of yesterday Lynn uh, you were actually at the parade you were even recording the band playing on the float to-
1: so let me yeah, where we left off You know, I would, and our listeners, I hope, know uh, on reset, I was in Chicago to cover the Illinois primary on June 29th. That's right. Well, I have family here, and the July 4th holiday was coming. So there is nothing more glorious than being uh, in Highland Park in the summer because it's right by the lake and it's so accessible. And, you know, my plan yesterday was maybe go to the parade and then uh, go kayaking on the lake. So I went there hoping to get a day off of the news just a little parade in celebration mm-hmm. of July 4th. Now, clearly that didn't happen. And what I, I was at the beginning of the parade route. I didn't hear the shots, but here's what I saw that let me know something horrible happened. Uh, I was uh, videotaping a Klezmer band as it was starting its way on the parade route. And as they're unaware of the shots, and I am, But all of a sudden, a sea of people, clearly panicked, came running towards us. So I asked somebody what happened. They said, a shooter. Well, at that point, is that one shot? Was it a firecracker? Uh You don't know. So I made my way toward the Central Avenue, which is the main street where the parade was on. And then, sad to say, I very soon saw bodies. I saw blood. And I saw wounded people and people in terror. Who were still there and uh, hadn't made their way out yet?
0: Lynn, I wanted to bring to your attention your, your photo. You, you tweeted a picture yesterday. That was when I first noticed what was happening, um, and uh, it was a very obviously, you know, bloody photo. Uh, did, were you aware of all that was captured in your picture? Because I, I think well, if you look in the far background, well, there are I even some. Well,
1: I didn't mean and and so our listeners know. Um, I didn't mean to. I was taking a picture of this pool of blood that I write about this morning. It looked to me maybe this was my Rorschach test. It looked it was big and thick and I thought I was taking something symbolic of the horrible occurrence that had just happened. And it's sad to say there were some victims in the background that I did not uh realize during the picture and I apologized to people who saw it and uh it It was in the speed of trying to convey what was happening and tell people what was going on uh, that it happened.
0: Yeah. Uh, Sarah, you were on the ground in Highland Park yesterday after the shooting occurred. What was the atmosphere like at that point?
2: Well, I mean, you can't imagine how somber it was. I mean, it was very... it was just not like it was the 4th of July at all. I mean, you know, on the 4th of July, usually you see people out having barbecues, you know, you, you hear a lot of firecrackers during the day, fire fireworks in the evening. And instead, you know, it was just swarming with police from like, you know, every different agency that you could think of. And then also, you know, it was just, everybody was very, very... Um, nervous during the day too because you know during the whole day the um, alleged shooter hadn't been um, first they didn't even know his name and then once they knew his name for a long time he hadn't been captured and so it was both tense and somber.
0: Yeah this was a a day that was supposed to be filled with joy right and and celebration and when you get group gatherings like this you know they tend to have a lot of security we saw a lot of police on the streets uh, of the parade I, I think in every shot that i saw um there were uh, police on bikes or you know on foot uh, but tragedies like this do become more and more frequent so do you think that there will be any movement on gun control from our legislators at least locally sarah
2: well, you know, I I know yesterday at one of the press conferences, Senator Duckworth Tammy Duckworth did you know point out that her and Durbin had spearheaded legislation, um, some bipartisan legislation on gun control that came after the Uvalde Texas shooting. You know, probably probably Lynn Sweet would know better. You know exactly what the chances of the of that actually getting you know all the way through and mm-hmm. getting signed would be, but. You know, I, I after all these tragedies, I mean, the first thing that you hear people say is, w- "Why do we have this happening here?" And but then, you know, a couple of weeks later, you stop hearing as much. So,
0: mm-hmm. what do you think, Lynn?
1: Well, if I if I may jump in, the it was a Herculean effort even to get the fairly uh, uh, m- mundane out of all the proposals dealing with guns. But this one had to do with. A more mental health funding and some provisions, I think, dealing with ghost guns uh, or, or straw buyers. And that's important. But in the end, do you, if you're asking and if our listeners want to know, will this tragedy in Highland Park spur Congress to do something that they weren't willing to do just a few weeks ago in May when we had the twin tragedies in Ovaldi and Buffalo? Uh, my sense is, no, you don't even have... 50 Democratic senators that would stick together for some of the things some Democrats want, especially a ban on assault weapons. Mm -hmm. Irony, irony. Highland Park has an assault weapon ban. The mayor battled it all the way up to the Supreme Court. It's, in a sense, largely symbolic because this is just one suburb. Mm -hmm. But it shows how hard it is, even in the wake of tragedy, that... The Senate got – the Democratic senators got Republicans to go along with even the few things they did, which President Biden signed into law, uh, is something that I think will be hard to replicate unless it's another small bore issue. And when you talk about this issue of mass shootings, we're all looking at the uh, person of interest's Facebook postings and Mm -hmm. interactions and some behavior that might have tipped it off. It seems to me in my analysis that you can't talk about gun violence and not talk about the weapons that the shooters bring to the scene. And when you have a rapid-fire high-powered weapon, as was the case in Highland Park on July 4th, combined with the ability to use high-capacity magazines, that is, you have a lot of bullets that you could go boop, 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 boop with, Uh, in rapid fire, then you have this combustible combination that results in murder.
0: How come we never see the social posts until after something like this happens?
1: Well, how would you? How would you know? Like, why? And why would you? you, Now, let me just put this. I'm talking to two journalists. Why would you be cruising through Facebook, and if you saw somebody had some... Well, not me.
0: uh, Whoever follows him.
2: But there's just a lot of people out there.
0: Uh, what do you think Sarah? You know
2: one one thing that's sort of interesting about this is that so I was talking to a young woman who lives in the community um, yesterday and she was saying that the minute that the description came out all the people that were in her age group like in that 20 year old age group thought of this young man because they knew that this young I mean first of all the description was very close to what he he wound up looking like and You know, they knew that there was something. I mean, the way that she put it is that there was something not not quite right with him. That he was very hard to get through. That like through school, he was hard to get through. And then they'd seen posts by him that they thought were disturbing. And so, but I guess it's like what even for those young people. I mean, who who do they? Let's say you say this kid's, you know, something's going on with this kid. Who, who do, you, who do tell? you tell? Like, who do you call? But you know, but call Sarah, to ETS, to that point, I mean, yeah. Call? Well, to
0: what that point, do? his uncle spoke on on CBS Chicago and and said, you know, he said something to the tune of, you know, I, we we didn't see this coming, or I I didn't see this coming. I didn't see any signs, but then proceeds to talk about things that could have been signs and, and talked about his, you know, having uh been down for the last few years not having a job being unemployed for 2 years and just sort of listed off all these things um that you know demonstrated the fact that the the shooter had been um withdrawn at, at the very least um, right and
2: i think I, I think that the the combination of like we we generally i don't think people really know what to do in mental health circumstances i mean if the young man didn't take himself to a therapist or take himself to some, you know, some sort of um, to get help. What do you do? I mean, wh- how, how do you, where, where was the uncle supposed to go? What was the uncle supposed to do? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody has the answer for that. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that, that it, it bears some, you know, something to look at considering that it's, you know, yes, this is this is definitely an, an issue of guns and, and what guns this young man was able to get a hold of. But also when you look at the demographic of the um, people that did the last three shooting mass shootings that have been you know well publicized, um, you know, the, you you see similarities. They're young men and young white men yeah. who are having trouble. Sarah
0: and Lynn, both of you, what do we know so far about about victims? Um, I know information is still coming in.
1: Identified. uh, One was uh, a woman who worked at uh, North Shore Congregation Israel, Mm -hmm. and the synagogue put out a statement. And the other one, I I think Uh, that... Nicholas Toledo. Yeah, Yeah, Nicholas Toledo, who's a grandfather. A grandfather, yeah. Mm -hmm. We have a wonderful story about him uh, in in the paper. Uh, We don't have information that is public yet on the other four victims or people who are wounded. I, I know of other people yeah. who are wounded, who don't want to talk yet. So hopefully we will hear their stories
2: in time. Do we know if
0: any are children?
2: You know, they'd said that the five that were killed, that died on the scene were all adults. Okay. But the, the one the thing that we don't know is the sixth victim who died at the hospital. We, as far as I know, no one has said that person's age. Yeah,
0: we do have one caller who has uh, dialed us. Wants to join the conversation. Here is Ben in Humboldt Park. Hey, Ben, welcome to Reset. Hi
1: everyone. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for calling. What's on your mind?
1: Um, so, so I'm a I'm a psychotherapist, and I I work in um, in Northbrook and Highland Park, and uh, I've been. Um, I've been engaging in triage since uh, yesterday morning, and believe I'll be continuing to do so for, for quite some time. Uh, as I'm driving to my office, I I feel like someone going to war. Um, so I guess I just wanted to put out there to uh, look out for the caregivers in your life this week, because I, I think we're going to need it. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I
0: had to say. Oh, Ben, thank you so much for calling. Sarah what's it like hearing what what Ben just had to say?
2: Well, it's I mean it's 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 such a hard situation for for so many people. I mean, you know, the one thing that we heard was, you know, these kids were so many kids were there and and adults but these kids saw a lot of of um people getting hurt, maybe even people getting killed and so, you know, that's going to be something that they're going to hold for for their whole whole life. And even the adults, you know, I talked to a, a father and a daughter, the daughter was 29 years old. And this was just, you know, maybe an hour and a half, two hours after the shooting took place. And they, you know, the daughter thinks that she saw um, one or two people die yesterday on the sh- on the street. And, wow, you know, she was just she was just shaken. I mean, she was just like, I don't, you know, she kept saying, I don't know how to process this. I don't, you know, this is just surreal. And, you know, as she was talking, she's just trying to like, sort of, you know, say to herself, is this, is this real? Did this happen to mm-hmm. her, to, you know, to what she saw? And so, you know, yeah, yes, the community is going to be, you know, need some support um, for sure.
0: Yeah. Time and time again, we've got to, you know, get behind the mic and, and talk about these types of things. It It, it gets, um, it's it's a it's a lot, you know, and and the, I'm heartbroken. I'm watching footage, you know, as we as we speak, um, people's things that were just abandoned—chairs, umbrellas, slippers. Is yeah. that what you were seeing, Lynn? I, I can imagine in in that very chaotic moment.
1: It, it, in a sense, it wasn't as people abandoned things. That's clear, but it wasn't chaotic because everybody kind of knew that they had to get out there were only two directions to go into east or west because the shooting was in the center of the street and people just left there was no i i uh, and the responders who were around started uh, responding they they stayed on the scene and started trying to help people and the police on uh, bicycles started looking for the shooter uh, so it had an order for a horrible thing it had in a sense in my sense being there it had an kind of an orderly unfolding. Also, because people left so fast, uh. you had the sense that the carnage at that particular site might be over, but here's where you had the terror hitting the community. You had a killer at, at large. You didn't know where the killer, or at that point, you don't know if the shooter answered alone,
0: Was this person going to show up at your door? Uh, Yeah. So So many questions. Uh, Well,
1: right. So the point was it wasn't chaotic, but the damage still spread. If you went to your home and ran to your home, you might not only be traumatized if you heard or saw something, but some people were just definitely worried that the killer was on the loose and may end up in their yard.
0: We've been speaking with WBEZ's Sarah Carp and Lynn Sweet from the Chicago Sun-Times. Thank you both.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: That's all for today's Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening and take care. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.